The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here and we're wrapping up our conversation with respect to leadership and what we're dealing with with committee assignments, uh, what have you. And the, 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 this is politics at the end of the day, or not doing Henry, where there's a payback dynamic that going on now, right? You had, you, you had the, you had the gavel and I was doing what I want and we interpreted how we interpreted. Now we got a gavel and, and the, the, the script has been flipped. You know, there's a famous military quote that says to the victor belong the spoils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are taking that that saying to the extreme. Literally, yes, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, and but was- yeah, but at the end of the day, though, um, the public, the the, the 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 people of of every country that have a a a, 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 a leadership system implemented, right? At the end of the day, it's about leading for the people, and we're getting to the point now. And I know social media and and the 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 advances of technology where media is concerned in general, with all this coverage, right? They they they're getting away from the primary focus, um, Doc School, which is to provide leadership and to make sure the country running good, man. Yeah, but 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 never like I have spoken in this program before is that they're not they're not uh, worried about running good; they're worried about power. Mm-hmm. And being in control, and like I always said, when the D- Republicans get in power, they use a sledgehammer. <laughs> when the Democrats in power, they use a feather. Okay, because the Democrats puffer and look towards um, you know, the law. You know, you know, ducks. You know, ducks. I, I'd be remiss if I allow if I allow for you to say that the great Nancy Pelosi used a feather. Uh, are, are you saying that she was an exception to the rule? Because remember yeah. now, when they put a select committee together for the January 6th insurrection and, and, and Kevin wanted to put on obstruction and she tell Kevin, not you. Uh, in fairness to Nancy, no, are, are you saying that Nancy? Uh, na- na- Nancy, Nancy was, an, uh, was an exception? Because she ain't no well, feather. I, 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 think, I think she was an exception in certain areas. Because when you go back with Kip O'Neill and these guys, they were, they were of that vein, you know. Mm-hmm. They were of that. They were of that vein that that you see now have bubbled to the surface, and is now being utilized. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi, yes, uh, was able uh, to, was able to, 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 keep, to keep to keep her, her people in line. Okay. Okay. But but when these guys come with the power that they have, Neville and Attorney uh, Henry, they drive in a sledgehammer. And they are trying to satisfy that base, and that's where we go back to the part where Look the people in the middle now have to do this thing, Neville. Uh, but, gentlemen, I, I want to thank both of you for joining, and I just want to say this, right? If we need to send them that shot, shot, song, right? When power, <laughs> when they have power, that's and right. Hierarchy, yeah, they, they, they don't give a blank they about don't you give and a me. Job about nobody, you, about you and me. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so we got we got to be careful with that, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. We got our nine o'clock guest on uh, right about now. Thanks a lot for this discussion. I appreciate both of you. Thank you, Neville. You got it. Uh, Tony Henry. You got it. Thank you, Tony Henry, and thank you, uh, Donald uh, Doc School, for joining me. Uh, just keeping it, keeping keeping the people abreast of what's going on and um, politics. All politics is local. And by the way, 
um um when we get a table talk uh next week we're gonna talk about um what i've what what i heard is a rule is a provision in the in the rules adopted by the 35th legislature with respect to the amount of members necessary to form a minority caucus so we're gonna get into that uh with ronnie Rocky, and ducks uh on monday let me shift now to uh a discussion um centered around alzheimer's and uh of course for uh, a, a, a lot of us have been have had someone close to us that has been impacted uh by this um insidious disease and um it's my uh pleasure to have uh, on the line um with us this morning um principals involved with the Virgin Isles Alzheimer's Association and Alzheimer's Disease International. Is Mr. Lewis Atherton on the line this morning? I certainly am. Uh, thank you for having us on your show today. Good morning, Mr. Atherton. Glad to have you on. And uh, Mr. Ryan Gellock, or how to, how to pronounce that? Jalak, uh, yeah. You, you, got, you got it pretty close. Pleasure, pleasure to be on the Jalak, good morning. And glad to have both of you on. Uh, this morning, introduce yourselves to the public. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, then we can get into the discussion. Let's start with you, Mr. Jellick. Uh Thanks. Uh, thanks for that. So I'm um, Ryan Jellick, as, as he said. I am the president of the Virgin Islands Alzheimer's Association here across the channel in, in the British Virgin Islands. So not, not to get confused with the U.S. Virgin Islands. So, um, But uh, certainly a pleasure to just talk to you about what, I guess, the, the Caribbean initiative of um, what's your plan uh talking looking at and and, and liaising and, and guiding governments on uh, creating policy on alzheimer's and dementia you're, you're, uh, ba you're based in the british version of correct yeah i'm based in the british version okay, but, okay. but uh, as you know we the, the issues that goes on in the british version Islands are very close and very similar to, to what goes on in, in the u.s version Islands as well so. which 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 british version Islands you in uh, I'm based on Tortola, right down, right down in Road Town. So. Okay, down in Road Town. Okay, good thing. And uh, Mr. Arthur, good morning. Tell us about yourself. Good morning. Hello, I'm Lewis Arthurson, and I'm the Policy and Communications Manager at Alzheimer's Disease International. And we really are a federation of 105 Alzheimer and dementia associations from around the world. Uh, we're an official relations with the World Health Organization. And long for our associations, you really believe that uh, addressing dementia requires both a global, a regional and a local effort to work with our associations to make dementia a priority at the national level. And through this campaign entitled Hashtag What's Your Plan, we're aiming to encourage governments to adopt national dementia plans to ultimately improve the lives of those living with dementia and their carers in the Caribbean countries. Where are you? Where, where are you right now? I'm currently in Paris, um, but I'm British. Um, by <laughs> How's the weather in Paris? I think a lot colder here than it is over there. <laughs> <laughs> We're just teetering above freezing. Um, but when I'm speaking to the other campaign participants, um, I'm always jealous to hear of the great weather that's going on. <laughs> that's good. And it's it's about three o'clock in the afternoon right now? Uh, yes, two, two o'clock here. Two yes. o'clock. Okay, five hour difference. Yeah. Okay, good. You, you, you got it. Um, Mr. Jellock, um, you are quoted as saying dementia is one of the most critical illnesses that our generations are facing and it needs to start to get the needed attention through a national dementia plan. Developing a national dementia plan has always been the critical step to getting the necessary foundation in the Virgin Islands, becoming a dementia-friendly society 
which is the vision of the Virgin Islands Alzheimer's Association. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. We are seeing more of our elderly, our parents, suffering from dementia than ever before. Is, have, has, have they identified what is causing this? Because this was not the case when we were younger. Uh, well, medically, they, they do. They, I, I think, they do know causes, and 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 Lewis is probably better on on the some of the medical side than than I would be from Alzheimer's Disease International. But they do, they they do know certain causes of it. Uh, the the big the big um, the big areas, obviously, on uh, on on treatments and things like that. I mean, we've we've seen breakthroughs medically. Uh, with with new treatments coming online on how to to slow the pace of it, but but certainly there's no there's no medical treatments right now that uh, that reduce the or that reverse uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. So it's it's really imperative then to start looking at proactive approaches with society. I mean, you say that you've seen your grandparents and parents. I've started seeing friends even at even at my age. And I'm only 45. I've seen friends starting to to develop early onset. I mean, you're starting to see a lot more cases of earlier uh, onset of of Alzheimer's and, and dementia. And that's and that's a scary thought for society. That if persons in their 50s or or even possibly late 40s are starting to um, are, are starting to show symptoms, uh, we know we've got a problem. And, and I think studies are showing certainly in the Caribbean. Um, the expectation is is that we're going to see about 150, 160 percent increase probably over the next 30 years of of Alzheimer's and and dementia cases. Uh, so it, it's really imperative that governments start to take this seriously, both from a policy point of view, because it's um, it, it's going to impact it's going to impact insurance plans. It's going to impact obviously Medicare, Medicaid, and from from the from the from U.S. government side, I, I can't really speak as much on on U.S. government um, medical uh, medical treatments and things like that or coverage. But but certainly, when you have somebody living with with Alzheimer's and dementia for it can be 15, 20 years, if not even more, uh, and requiring requiring intensive care later on in, in the stages. Uh, you could you can sort of quickly understand that that there'll be a a, a definite drain on, uh, on on medical systems as well. So it, it is really important that, um, that that we do start to take it seriously. Governments start to take it seriously. Uh, I mean, we have had discussions with governments, uh, certainly here in the, in the BVI, and they are uh, they are moving on it. So it's not as if necessarily nothing is being done, but but certainly we have to pick up the pace. Mr. Hutchinson. Yes. Um, yes, there's certainly, as, as um, Mr. Iran is saying, there are certainly things that can be done um, already uh, in the absence of a, a cure. Um, there are, we know that research has shown that up to 40% of cases of dementia could be delayed or reduced by just focusing on 12 modifiable risk factors. And these are things like more exercise, reducing smoking, um, and aspects like that. Uh, and we know that in the Caribbean, um, diabetes, for example, uh, is uh, has a high prevalence. And this is also associated with dementia. So if a government were to implement a national dementia plan, which focuses on this action area included, it could be helping to reduce up to 40% of these cases in the future. And as, as Ryan said, we're approaching about 300,000 300, people in the Caribbean region living with dementia at the moment. And this is set to increase to almost three quarters of a million estimates to suggest by 2050. 
that's a significant increase, Mr. Arthurton. Yeah, so I mean, and that's, and that's if we do what we're doing now. I mean, obviously, um, our hope is is that with, with policy and, and with additional awareness, uh, people are more aware of the risk factors, people will change their lifestyles, and that's why we have to start now. I mean, we, we, know, in, we know in the Virgin Islands that, that people, don't, people don't take change quickly. Um, so uh, the, the, the quicker we start moving and, and, and getting plans in place and more focus on mental health, mental wellness, and, and lifestyle, um, it's, uh, the, 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 the more chance that we have of reducing that 150% increase to hopefully something a little more manageable. Uh, so it's, uh, there's a we I think, I mean, in the British Virgin Islands, for instance, I think studies have shown that where we have 60 to 70% of persons living in high-risk areas or high-risk factors for dementia and Alzheimer's. And that's, that's a scary thought when you consider when you consider a population of 30 to 40,000. And I'm sure the USBI is very similar. A lot of cases of, di of diabetes, um, high blood pressure, uh, obesity, uh, I mean, alcohol consumption. I mean, these are all risk factors for for developing Alzheimer's and, and dementia later on in life. So uh, we need to start changing. Uh, we need to start having more focus on within workplaces, within society in general, on this, spreading the awareness of it. And and, and, uh, and I think we are seeing already increases in awareness because, as you said before, I mean, we're seeing, you're starting to notice it more on uh, with, with, uh, with your parents and grandparents, but that's partly a sign of you becoming more aware of the disease. I think people are, it's getting a lot more uh, airplay right now, um, and which is great, uh, but people have to understand some of the risk factors and, and how to reduce them and, and certainly the early warning signs as well, that's something that as associations. No, no, no I'm looking at, at, at this, um, this document here, and it says that uh, Alzheimer's associations in Barbados, Bonaire, British Virgin Islands, Dominica, Grenada, Puerto Rico, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Martin, St. Lucia, Suriname, and Trinidad and Tobago have actually launched the program, but you're asking, you're calling on, on, on the public across the Caribbean to urge their governments to take urgent action on dementia and teaming up with these, uh, uh, islands who are already, uh, uh, uh working, uh, to that end. So are you saying that, you know, like the U.S. Virgin Islands has not uh, committed, um, or do we have an Alzheimer's Association? First of all, do you know of any documented Alzheimer's Association here in the Virgin Islands? And, um, are there associations that need to be formed so that we could officially be a part of this collective effort? It's a good question. I, I can't, I, I can't answer that right now, unfortunately. I, I'm not aware of an association in the USVI, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not existing. Um, I, I'm actually, I actually sent a few, a few texts and emails this morning to try to find out a little bit more as to whether or not, uh, one does exist. I would, I would be, I would be surprised if one didn't exist, but I, I don't know to, to what extent or how active they are. Yeah, because, uh, because this is a, this is less than 50% of the, the islands, um, from, I guess, uh, from the Bahamas, uh, down to Northern South America, yeah. right? Cause, uh, islands like uh, Antigua and Barbuda, Anguilla, Aruba, Bahamas, Belize, which is a Central uh, Central America country, Cayman Islands, Cuba, Curacao, Dominican Republic, Guadeloupe, Guyana, Haiti, Jamaica, Martinique, Montserrat, St. Bart's, St. Uh, Vincent and the Grenadines, um, Turks and Caicos, and the United States Virgin Islands are not included in this 
in, in the list that, that, that was documented here. So um, it looks like we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, that, that's probably more on Lewis's side, but yeah, I guess we, we are we are former members of of the um, Alzheimer's Disease International Asthma Association of the British Virgin Islands. We're probably the the uh, the list that you just read out. A lot of those are are not actively necessarily maybe engaging with ABI, and, and Lewis, you probably could. Well, Mr. Arthurton, shouldn't since since we're we're in a region, um, first and foremost, before we're a part of a hemisphere. Um, shouldn't we work on a Caribbean Alzheimer's Association? It's a, a, a very good question. Um, just to go back to your previous point, um, there is hasn't been enough um, work done on implementing national adventure plans all across the world, not just uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, we currently estimate that there are around 39 national adventure plans in place in WHO regions, uh, but we would actively advocate for the implementation of strategies and plans across the whole to non-WHO members as well, because it is the best and most robust way to improve the lives of living dementia and their carers. Our Caribbean members um, all work together and we have regional meetings and there was a national dementia strategy for the Pajo region, uh, which unfortunately, which was actually predated the global action plan from the WHO. So the Pajo region are exemplar and have been at the forefront of this um, initiatives. But unfortunately, the plans expired and we're still in a situation now uh, in 2023 where we thought that we need more plans to be implemented. I may estimate that only 16% of Caribbean countries have national dementia plans. And unfortunately, not least have enough funding to really support their implementation as well. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done, which is why we're all here today to really raise awareness of this issue. No. And hopefully encourage governments to act. To, Agree. You know, improve. No, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, uh, because, you know, it starts with awareness first and foremost, awareness and education, right? And then, and then, uh, once we've established an understanding of what we're dealing with and where we're at, then we can go about putting the appropriate structure in place, um, so that we can get to those who may be in need, uh, of assistance, what have you. So what we'll do is we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about, um, uh, the, the regional, mentality the collective regional mentality that is required and that's that's more realistic i believe in from my perspective um if we can you know look at things locally and then you know spread our tentacles accordingly uh then we can uh, hopefully achieve um the ultimate goal we got uh mr rangela and mr lewis atherton joining us as we talk uh what's your plan in terms of uh dealing with alzheimer's as it continues to undermine our existence as a people in the world. We'll be back right after this. Parents, have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly. What a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning. You know? 
and it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Um... We're back here to analyze this, and we're having a discussion, Mr. Ryan Jellot, um, Virgin Islands Alzheimer Association, and um, he's the president, and of course, um, Mr. Lewis Atherton from Alzheimer's Alzheimer's Disease uh, International ADI. So, um, I'm gonna go off off topic a little bit here, um, Mr. Jellot. Good morning once again. Morning. I've got I've got a bit more information before we go on. Uh, I've, I I have been told that the USBI falls underneath the the US uh, branch of Alzheimer's or of the Alzheimer's Association. Okay. So, okay. okay. Uh, so they, there is, but there is no active branch in the USBI, but there is one in Puerto Rico. Interesting. Okay. Good. Okay. So that's 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 okay. at, least, at least at least we have some access, but you know, at some point exactly. we're at yeah. some point we're gonna have to set up a little local branch or something to address that. But I want to ask you a question. Um. You guys uh, in the British Virgin Islands, you, you, you're claiming the Virgin Islands completely as your own. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't claim it as a. It's our our legal name is the Virgin Islands, so that's that's what we have to refer to it as. So yeah, the, it is the British Virgin Islands. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're the Virgin Islands. Constitution, I, I think we're referred to as the Virgin. Islands. I know, I know, but we're the Virgin. <laughs> we're, we're the Virgin Islands too, man. What's up with that? You know what I'm saying? We're all we're all one nation. We're all, we're all <laughs> No, um, there's a term that that's applicable mostly for St. Thomas and St. John, because of course, proximity being right next to Tortola and, and Virgin Guada, belongers. That's what they are. They're they're belongers, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't haven't met my status yet on that one, but uh, I'm, I'm very close. I'm very close. <laughs> yeah, they're belongers. Of course, you know, over here on St. Croix, where I'm at, we're a little bit south, so we don't yeah. really have that connectivity with Tortola and the British Virgin Islands. But uh, it's understandable. I was just having some fun. We're we're good with that. Um, yeah, we, uh, Mr. Mr. Arthurton, um, tell us a little bit more about ADI and 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 your mission and how do you how do you how do you exist? Um, donations, things of that nature. What's uh, how, how do you how do you get the message across and get the awareness and education that we need? Um, yeah, to the public. Yeah, of course. Um, so as I said, we really believe down to our core uh, and along with our associations that we need this three-pronged approach to addressing dementia. We need advocacy working with the World Health Organization. Uh, we need regional 
work and we also need at a local level our associations so really our associations drive the work that we do they are who we are down to our core uh, and so through our work we help to empower emerging associations who are developing some some of these people are just really have a form informal carers themselves who are cared for a loved one and we help to build them up so they can then perform their own advocacy and support work for those living with dementia our other prong is that we advocate for dementia policies and strategies uh, in countries uh, like we're doing today because we really fervently believe um, that a national dementia plan which covers all seven action areas of the global action plan is the best way to address the global public health crisis that dementia presents and and Ryan I know he's working with his government a lot at a local level in the BVI to try and enact policies which really do have an impact on those living with dementia uh, we know that up to 75% of those living with dementia globally are currently undiagnosed we done a 2021 World Alzheimer's report, and if we then factor in um, those who are unable to access support for their post-diagnosis, we know that 85% are missing out on the support and care that they need in their countries. So it's really important the work of our local associations around the world they do, and we help to support them uh, in that role. And, and Mr. Jellock, um, looking at the terrain over there in the British Virgin Islands, uh, where are we now as it relates to addressing um, the, the population that's impacted by uh, Alzheimer's right now. Well, I, I, in in speaking with governments, they are um, they they're looking at a two pronged approach uh, with regards to to looking at it. I mean, there's there's the medical side, and that really falls under under mental health, uh, so under the Ministry of Health, and and then they do look also at the social side, which is something that the the Virgin Islands Alzheimer's Association is more involved in, which is on the awareness which is um, looking on, on lifestyle and, and a really healthy, the, the healthy aging policies. So, so government is relatively advanced uh, on looking at the issues. I, I just think that they have to now, they're starting to put pen to paper um, in, in speaking to them. So we're, we're, we're actively working with them. ADI is actively starting to work with them as well. They've expressed their willingness to, to assist in providing statistical information and, and, and statements and things like that. So, uh, I mean, when you spoke about earlier about the regional, uh, regional approach, I mean, it's a, good, it's a good way of doing it to make sure that nobody's left behind. Um, but I think it is right now really up to each individual government policy to, to put it in place and then we can collaborate together as we have been doing. I mean, there is a, there is a regional network of the associations that we do, we do meet uh, often on calls and things like that. So it's not as if we're void of, of, of a regional approach. Uh, I just think once government policies are put in place, then there'll be a lot more coordinated efforts to do that. What's the youngest, um, Mr. Mr. Um, Arthur, what's the youngest diagnosed case of Alzheimer's that you are aware of? It's, I don't know uh, exactly, but we work with people who have got young onset, that young onset uh, dementia, which can be as early as 50s, some people in their late 40s. Um, most people, while dementia isn't a part of normal aging, age is its greatest risk factor, uh, and so many people tend to present later in life. But yes, young onset, uh, young onset dementia, 50s, yeah, sometimes younger. No, no, yeah. the biological, um, reality is it's a closing of the brain right that's what this is right and your memories yeah uh, so it's dementia really is a collective term used to describe syndromes which affect memory thinking behavior and emotion so within that you have forgetfulness but there's also physical um, ailments that can come as well it's important to remember though that you know dementia affects people uh, differently so every case of dementia is different Alzheimer's um, disease is by far the most common 
form of dementia, um, but there are other ones, for example, uh, vascular dementia and frontal temporal dementia, um, each with their different uh, reasons for causing the ongoing dementia. Now, um, you know, I'm a I'm a sports guy, and you know, I grew up um, being a big Muhammad Ali fan, and he suffered from Parkinson's. Right, this mm -hmm. is something totally different from Alzheimer's, right? But uh, some people relate both of them. Can you speak to that, if any of you, if if any of you know anything about that? Because you mentioned the physical aspects; it's not just mental. Yeah. So um, Parkinson's is a, is a, has a different uh, cause to relating, but if you get towards the later stages of Parkinson's, you will develop symptoms of dementia, mm -hmm. as you described. But interestingly, as Muhammad Ali, um, as as a fan, you said, uh, head injury is also a big risk factor for dementia as well. It forms one of the 12 um, modifiable risk factors, um, which people can help to address to reduce the chance of developing it uh, in the future. And this is governments can implement policies as well relating to air pollution and other factors to try and reduce the number of people living with dementia um, in the future in their societies. Uh, Ryan, um, uh, um, Lewis, if I can call you guys on a first name basis, if not, yeah. just let me know. Please do, please do. Um, uh, just mentioned head injuries and of course concussions. That's a big thing nowadays, right? CTE, right? Mm -hmm. And, 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 um, injuries of that nature, uh, being a precursor to later on being diagnosed, uh, uh with dementia. Uh, here's head injuries in, in, in general. Um, I would, I would think that, you know, that awareness level has increased. And I watch a lot of football and once you're diagnosed, with a concussion or any sport now, you're pretty much put into a concussion protocol. Uh, uh, is there a dementia protocol that, uh, that we're looking at as well? I'm not familiar necessarily with the dementia protocol per se, but I think they're all they would they would all be connected mm -hmm. uh, with, with that. I think that there is an increased awareness uh, on that. I mean, it's it, when you're looking at yeah any any sports relating to the, that 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 have high instances of head injury, whether it be whether it be football, whether it be rugby, um, even even what we're seeing here in the BVI, and I know you guys have the same in the in the USVI is 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 motorcycle accidents and scooter accidents. I mean, they're 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 massively on the rise. A lot of those result in in head injuries, uh, and people are just not wearing helmets. So it's it's government pushing even that side of it, and and, and pushing pushing the fact that that scooter riders need to wear helmets more. I mean, here in the BVI, for instance, we have a big we have a big issue about scooter riders not wearing helmets, and um, I just had a death um, last week. Uh, again, another scooter, a scooter rider, and whether that was preventable with wearing a helmet, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, the, 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 the rider was wearing a helmet, and that's something that, that we, even we as an association are getting involved in, in creating more awareness on them that the young teens wear a helmet because it, 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 one can save your life now, but it can certainly help to reduce any risk of, of developing Alzheimer's and dementia in the future as well. Okay, um, one of my listeners um, asked me about a recently FDA approved drug for early on for early alzheimer's how do you pronounce it uh, there's currently uh, been two i believe it's gone for the fda the lecanemab is the most recent lecanemab, yeah, yeah correct yeah yeah, yeah yeah um what 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 what, is, what has your research um shown you in, in in looking at what they're trying to accomplish here or have you done anything with respect to that so we can't um, attest to the research specifically, um, but the treatment really is designed to, as an immunotherapy uh, to try and target some of the amyloid plaques which exist in the brain with the 
the cause to try and delay uh, moving to a later stage of dementia. Um, these have recently gone through just the FDA so far, um, and we're waiting now to see how they fare in the EMA in Europe and other parts of the world. But really, rolling back from this, um, before we can, uh, one of the conditions of a, di a treatment with this um, therapy is having a confirmatory diagnosis of dementia, which requires scanners and specialists, which in many parts of the world um, don't exist yet and they're difficult to access. Um, so really this comes back to needing to have national dementia planning countries so we can have health system preparedness so that those with dementia, when they're available in the country, can access the treatment uh, and be prescribed it. Because at the moment, um, we need far more health system preparedness to be occurring in the Caribbean and the world before they can, in theory at the moment, be prescribed there. Um, Mr. Jello, um, you're based in, in the British Virgin Islands, um, so you get a lot of your directors from London, correct? <laughs> well, we work closely with Alzheimer's Disease International, which happens to be based in, in the UK, but... Um, we like to say we're working with a global organization, so we're getting our directives from wherever we, um, from wherever they can, uh, they, they can be supportive and assistance. So, um, so yeah, I, to say that it's only coming from London is probably not quite correct. As, as you know, no, I'm, I'm just, right I'm, now, I'm just having fun with you on this. <laughs> you know, we, here in the Virgin Islands, we get a lot of our directors from Washington. You know what I'm saying? It is. It yeah, is, it exactly. is, what it is. You, you, you get it from Washington. We get it, I guess, from London. You get so. it from London. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but, uh, no, I, uh, no, no, because, you know, as a territory, you know, we're a U.S. territory. The, the British Virgin Islands is a British territory, right? Yeah. That, that's correct. the terminology, right? We're, we're an overseas territory. Overseas territory, correct. And, um, but, um, they're living in, in England. And, and, and our, our folks living in Washington, they can't relate to our relationships that we have here in the Virgin Islands with, with, with St. Thomas, St. John, St. Croix, um, uh, um, with, 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 uh, Tortola, uh, Virgin Gorda, Anagata. You know, we have a, we have a real time relationship going on, you know, not a political relationship. So we got to work together. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, we, there's, as, as you know, I mean, we, we share a lot of common bonds between the USBI and, and, and the BBI, um, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of friend, friendship, friendship exchanges between governments, working together between governments. I know, I know both governments speak together quite a bit, and I wouldn't be surprised even on this case with regards to tackling, uh, mental health, Alzheimer's, dementia, and, and, and those things that there's a lot of discussions probably happening between, between both the Ministry of Health here and, um, the Department of health in, in the USBI uh, because they're common issues. I mean, the demographics in the USBI are very similar to the BBI. So, um, no, no. We do have to work together on it. Um, and, and that's why we that's why we liaise closely with the BBI government as, as, as opposed to um, the, uh, Alzheimer's Disease International or UK liaising with the BBI government, for instance, um, because we understand the issues um, directly relating to the BBI itself. No, no, Mr. Arthurton, I'm going to ask you a a, a socio-political question mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. from the perspective that you know you guys in these big countries like France and England and all that stuff in America you know we're down here you know we're in paradise but we ain't got the money and the resources that you guys got you know what I'm saying and you know how, how do we know that 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 you you are making all of the necessary resources available to us small uh, uh, us small fry folk just hanging out here in sun and sand you know 
How do how, how do we know that? You know, is there is, is is there any way that we could? Because one of our biggest concerns is that you know they they tend to take us for granted and and they forget us because we're not generating revenue um, and all that stuff. But you know, at the same time, you know we're still human beings and we need to be taken care of as well. Of course, um, I couldn't agree with you more on on that statement. Uh, we represent um, our association at WHO, but most of our, our all of our activities are association led. Um, everything that we do um, is said by the associations. We won't work with our associations. We don't work um, instead of the associations. But I think, as well, one of the things that we creep crop up is is this money um, issue. Um, and many people think that implementing policies and strategies is going to cost millions and millions of pounds or thousands and thousands of pounds. But in reality, we know that dementia already does cost, um, has a cost to it. The uh, WHO have estimated that it currently costs $1.3 trillion um, each year and is said to increase to $2.8 trillion by 2030. This principally, 14% uh, of this comes down to uh, direct medical costs, 34% uh, comes down to care home costs, but really 50% comes down to informal carers. And these are people who can no longer work or can no longer study because they are looking after a relation. So dementia is already really costing um, money to the governments and they can do things through implementing risk reduction strategies through a national dementia plan to try and alleviate some of, of these additional costs. Yeah, Mr. James. I mean, the, the big thing is right now. I mean, it, as 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 Mr. Arthur really said. I mean, a lot of it goes down to awareness and starting to create the awareness. I mean, yeah, you, you are correct that certain areas, when it comes to care, uh, and, and there has to be a policy on on primary care and 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 the rights of of those persons living with dementia. But a lot of it can be done with with awareness campaigns and, and really pushing local governments and, and also associations and associate or organizations such as Rotary. I mean, I, I wear a Rotary hat as well, and I know Rotary is extremely active in the USBI. Well, very active. And one sure. there, uh, I mean, the, the district governor for Rotary is from St. Croix, mm -hmm. uh, Deborah, Deborah Howell, and you, you might you might know her. Oh yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of her one of her um, one of her focuses this year is is on dementia and on Alzheimer's. Okay, so can, can, can I stop organizations you? Like let, that. Let, let me stop you right there because we got to take a break. Yeah. I, will, I, I will pick up on um, District Governor Howell's uh, commitment um, to uh, addressing uh, awareness where Alzheimer's is concerned, of, uh, among other things. We got um, Ray Angelic, Ray Angelic, and uh, Lewis Arthurton join us about Alzheimer's and uh, awareness and, and getting, the, getting the people of the Caribbean to be more uh, collectively together in addressing this issue. We'll be back right after this. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. 
here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. What is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence? Here's the secret, I think, of life. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. and we're talking um, Alzheimer's and um, awareness and asking for um, a greater commitment, a collective uh, commitment um, here in the region and globally. We got Mr. Ryan Jellock from the Virgin Islands Alzheimer's Association. He's um, located uh, in uh, the British Virgin Islands in Tortola. And we got uh, Mr. Lewis Otherton, uh, originally from England, but now in Paris. Is that correct, sir? That is indeed, yeah, yeah. So, okay. the past six months so far. <laughs> and yearning to be in the Virgin Islands is, is my understanding. Is that correct, sir? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning and today, depending uh, on, on where you're at. So, Mr. Angelic, you were saying that uh, uh, the district governor for Rotary, Ms. Deborah Howell, um, has uh, committed to um, getting awareness uh, where Alzheimer's is concerned at a higher level here in the region? That, that's correct. I mean, one of her focuses this year is, is actually on, on Alzheimer's and, and dementia, increasing the awareness. So um, we actually are, actually the Virgin Islands Alzheimer's Association will actually be speaking at her district conference coming up, or our district conference, I should say, but coming up in St. Croix in May uh, on this topic as well. But it, it's it's using our collective voices across District 7020 across the Caribbean to uh, to raise awareness about it. So, uh, I mean, a lot of those countries that you named earlier in the show, um, the Rotary, uh, Rotary and District 7020 in our in our region, uh, fall in a lot of those ones. So, it, it, we use Rotary's voice as well to to help raise awareness for this. And and Rotary International has actually picked up on 
uh, on Alzheimer's as as a critical as a critical issue. So um, Rotary itself globally is is also working with Alzheimer's Disease International on on helping to raise awareness. So these things they don't cost money. I mean, we were talking before about uh, about the money aspect of it. They don't cost money to um, to raise awareness, to do social media campaigns, to speak with governments, and so on. So um, it, it doesn't all cost money, and I think we all have our we all have something to uh, to do on that. We all have a voice. Mr. Zella, you're originally from where? Uh, originally from Canada. So oh, really? Grew up, grew up in, grew up in the, so I know all about cold when, when Mr. Arthur <laughs> talks about cold, I know all about it, but, uh, where, where up north are you from? Uh, a really small town between London and Windsor, which sounds strange because that's not UK, but, uh, between just about, say, about 200 miles southwest of Toronto. That's the, uh, Ontario province? That's in Ontario, yeah. So we're, if you know geography in Canada a little bit, is that little tip right at the southern, right at the southern part of, of Canada. So we're we're almost we're almost tropical uh, when when we look at the geography. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but this is no, this I, is I, I'm this familiar. Is I, I'm familiar with that uh, because I went to Detroit for the first time in uh, in 2008, and okay. that 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 was the first time where Canada was south of. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was actually in Detroit, and they said Canada is south. Of where we're yeah. at right now, and uh, and cer certain parts of my hotel room, I had international cell phone service as opposed yeah. to national cell phone service. It was weird. Well, it's, I guess it's the same as when we when we're traveling on the BVI, we get US we get USVI cell phone service or US cell phone service a lot of time as well. So we're yeah. we're, all, we're all very close. But yeah, I know I I, I look over that same area. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's 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 a nice part of the country. Uh, and I, I love Canada. I've been to Canada four times. And it's, it's a beautiful country. Very clean. Very, very clean. I got, gotta give you guys credit for that. Um, very, very much so. Yeah, Mr. Arthurton. Um, so what's the prognosis? You know, I know we got long-term, um, data forecasts for 2050, but you just mentioned 2030 in terms of costs. Um, do we have any interim forecasts? Um, you know, of, of, we're hoping that, um, we could do things to reduce that long-term forecast for 2050 by, um, a doubling of our cases, but uh, is there uh, what? What are we putting in place to try to, you know, counter that negative forecast that currently exists? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we don't have any interim forecasts. Um, but as I said, there are twelve risk factors which we, as ourselves, can address um, as citizens, but also as governments. Go, go, ahead, things go ahead and list. Go ahead and list them. List all okay, so we have um, fiscal inactivity, uh, smoking, excessive alcohol consumption, air pollution, head injury, as we discussed earlier, infrequent social contact, less education, obesity, hypertension, diabetes, depression, and hearing impairment. Now, um, there are only forecasts, um, but the figures that I talked about before and the projections um, that we discussed for 2050, there was some interesting data also pulled out of the Institute of Health Metrics Evaluation Study, which found that actually increases in education were likely to reduce the number of people living with dementia by 6.6 uh, .6 million, I believe. But unfortunately, these were offset by increases in smoking and physical inactivity. So the predictions um, suggest there are things that we could do as citizens, but also our governments can do to try and reduce the number of people living dementia in the future. Now, um, a lot of jurisdictions, including ours, um, are moving towards um, the, the regulated use of cannabis. 
and um, one of the arguments for use of cannabis, marijuana, uh, whatever term uh, you were using, is that it's a natural herb. So, so are we saying that that uh, natural herbs are actually working against our uh, long-term existence? So I believe the research went into this uh, study on prevention risk factors relating to tobacco. Um, unfortunately, tobacco, I don't know okay. of, of, any, of any research relating to um, cannabis in, in Alzheimer's, I'm afraid. I'm quite sure that. No, 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 no. I, you know, that, that, there's a distinction um, between tobacco and cannabis. So that's a, that's a good point. And maybe that's something that we need to look at. But I'm just looking at the, the 12 pressure point areas that you mentioned, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to uh, encourage folks um, to not uh, um, be subjected to, to these areas, and it isn't limited to smoking. You know, yeah, you, I mean, you, you well, mentioned you, you mentioned alcohol, you mentioned depression, things of that nature. Um, some of these things happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the areas that, that Mr. Arthurton didn't necessarily mention, but I think it's probably sort of ingrained in a few of the distress. Uh, and, and, and yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the, the high incidence of stress and anxiety that we all go under as, as a society here, especially in, in, in the U.S. and BBI, um, that, that in itself is trying to reduce the stress levels is, 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 a, um, is, is a, well, reducing it is, is a significant, um, will significantly reduce the, the risks as well. So, uh, anything that can help to reduce stress. No, that's awesome. So, um, gentlemen, um, is there anything you want to say in closing? I know Mr. Mr. Jellock. You gonna be over here in May? You already got you already got plans to be in Saint Croix. Yeah. Well, well, we got the we got the agriculture fair in the third weekend in February. You might want to check that out. That's our that's our state fair. Um, So you might want to check that out uh, before you come over as a precursor for your for your May visit. So uh, you know you might want to do that. Look at that. I'm a a farmer at heart. That's where I grew up. Oh. any, anything agriculture related is very close to my heart. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And of course, uh, Mr. Um I got to get yes. you out of Paris, man. It's cold over there. You know what I'm saying? It's nice and warm. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's only it's only 82 degrees here in St. Croix. Oh, really? Okay. Well, definitely wait for the summer before you come over to Paris. It won't get much <laughs> warmer, but it'll be better than it is now. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, I, I, got, I, got, uh, I, I got a thing for Formula One racing. I got back into that uh, about five, six years ago, and I'm trying to figure out which Grand Prix that I do I want to go to, that is not in Amer- <laughs> that is not in America, and it's it's either uh, British, um, Paris, uh, French, or a Spa in Belgium. So I gotta I gotta figure out which one I want to go to. It might be it might be that one in uh, in, in France. <laughs> but but uh, to get back to where we're talking about, um, um, can you do me a favor and look at uh, maybe some uh, interim forecasts because. 2050 is a long time, Mr. Arthur. We're in 2023. That's a long time. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Globally, we have uh, interim forecasts for 2030. So we know, and this I appreciate, is, is a global figure. So it's estimated to be 55 million people living with dementia at the moment. And this is set to increase to 78 million by 2030. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, And uh, 139 million by 2050. So these are the, the interim ones we have. For, okay. Okay. For, can, for can, can, can you go through that again real quickly? What, 2030, 55 million? Uh, so it's 2019, uh, it was 55 million estimated. Mm-hmm. By 2030, it was 78 million. I suppose. And then uh, by 2050, we estimate there to be 139 million people living with dementia around the world. So 55 million four years ago, right? Yes. Three to four yep. years ago. By 2030, we're looking at 78 million. Mm-hmm. 
And 20 years later, 139 million. Yes, yes. Wow, yeah, we got our work to do. We want to cut that number down significantly. Uh, so Absolutely. That, uh, by the way, um, we didn't talk about this. So we still got about four or five more minutes. Talk quickly about your relationship with, with the WHO um, and, and, and maybe how they can, um, you know, increase their uh, communication uh, levels with, with small jurisdictions like, like the British Virgin Islands and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Even though we're under a, a British and American umbrella, we still like the person-to-person contact. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so we are a non-state actor, so we work with the WHO to try and as it make dementia a priority uh, across the world, owing to, as we discussed before, the huge increase in prevalence, um, and also that dementia is the third leading cause of death in the Americas and the seventh globally. Um, so the WHO have a, a lot of resources uh, available. We have uh, iSupport, which enables, helps uh, informal carers um, to cope and with caring with someone living with dementia. But really going apart from, from the WHO in this, we believe that national dementia plans, regardless if it's a WHO member state or non-WHO member state or just or a territory, it is the best and most robust way to uh, care for those living with dementia, uh, support their carers, um, but also for society. So we would, listen, and today we are here again uh, advocating for this through our campaign, hashtag what's your campaign, uh, what's your plan, sorry which uh, is on Twitter. So if you can find us on Twitter, please use the hashtag and really encourage you to ask yourselves, to ask your governments, what is what is your plan uh, and where is your commitment to helping those living with dementia and their carers? Mr. Jellick, final thoughts? Um, well, it's, it, I mean, as, as a Virgin Islands Alzheimer's Association, as you mentioned at the, at the, at the start, I mean, our our focus and our vision is is to be a dementia-friendly society. So that really, that really means that persons have to be much more aware of, of what um, Alzheimer's and dementia is, have a government policy in place uh, that deals with uh, not only the, the social issues but also the medical issues to support caregivers uh, and, and so on. And it's, it really is all about um, reducing the risk factors uh, relating to and understanding what the risk factors are relating to Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, so we, as, as, as Mr. Arthur has said, it's, it's a matter of getting to your governments, uh, talking to your governments and, and working with your governments on developing those policies and those plans so that um, collectively we can we can reduce those numbers that we spoke about. Uh, those numbers aren't written in stone, they're projections right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we do, if we all do our collective work, we can get those numbers down. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Good luck. Uh, with this campaign, what's your plan? In terms yes, of hashtag, what's your plan? Ha- hashtag, what's your plan in terms of uh, uh, making uh, Alzheimer's uh, awareness um, even more uh, prevalent and uh, actually working uh, towards uh, undermining these um, long-term forecasts um, of uh, anywhere, getting up to 139 million by 2050 and uh, 78 million. Um, 20 years before that in 2030. Thank you very much, Mr. Ray Angelic of the Virgin Alzheimer's Association and Mr. Lewis Arthurton from Alzheimer's Dis- Disease International for joining us this morning. Appreciate you. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much and I look forward to Yeah, man. Yeah, when you come on over, um, just reach out to WTJX, let them know. Uh, I'll, I'll remember that you're, you're supposed to be over here and we'll get together. Okay? Definitely. We'll definitely link up. You got it. That's it. That's uh, Mr. Lewis Arthurton. Um, from Alzheimer's Disease International and Mr. Ray Angelic from the Virgin Islands. Alzheimer's Association. Now I gotta talk to my friend them over there in Totola because I are you acting like you know what I mean? The Virgin Islands belong to Ayo. You know what I'm saying? I want her to know. 
British Virgin Islands is Ayo, right? And U.S. Virgin Islands. Let me check. Are we over here in the same St. Thomas, St. John, Water Island side? You know what I mean? So, because what I read, you know, Alzheimer's, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, President of the Alzheimer's Association, Virgin Islands. I, I, I was thinking, you know, I did, but it's all good. I just having some some fun with it. And I said, by the way, you know, don't forget, right? Um, we got the Spanish virgins, which is Culebra and Vieques. We got the American virgins, which is St. Croix, St. Thomas, St. John, Water Island. Then we got the British virgins, which is Totola, Anagata, Virgin Gorda, and all that good stuff. Good morning, Sharon and Shireen Flax from Virgin, from Virgin Gorda. That's my schoolmate and my classmate, them from St. Dunstan's. The big shot tourism and Calypsonia and all that stuff over there uh, in the BVI. Okay? If anybody in the BVI hear me hear me saying this, tell Shireen and Sharon that Neville James say hail up. Okay? And I said, of course, my good friend Clifford Graham, you know, he liked to, you know, tease me about uh, his, uh, you know, you know, linkage. Uh, Linda Smith, all of them got linkage over there in, in the BVI. Uh, as well, I'll always want family, man. I'm just having some fun this morning. Thank you very much to both of these distinguished gentlemen as it relates to Alzheimer's awareness and super work to cut down those forecast numbers coming like them at all. And of course, uh, Doc School, Dwayne Henry, and Carlos Anselmi from the National Water Service this morning. Great, great discussion. By the way, I just sent the boys an article um the the GDP report, the U.S. economy records solid growth at 2.9% in the fourth quarter. And this is in the face of inflation. And that's something we're going to talk about uh, on Monday in the table talk. But guys, show tomorrow as well. So looking forward to talking with you then. Be good and be safe. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big <laughs> cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPO. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious. Daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.